greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's a pleasure to have you at this time where we gather just to read the Word of God and hear what God is saying to us. I'm Tim Gostube and a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today we have a sermon where we are looking into God opening doors or answering our prayers and opening doors that were closed that actually had not cannot even be opened by a human being because of the security that is there. But our God is a God who is able to open those doors. He's a God who is able to fight the kings that are stopping everything. If you read the book of Daniel, you get to understand that while Daniel had prayed, his answer was held up and it couldn't get to him until an angel of the Lord was sent. So I believe the message today will encourage you in your prayer and encourage your faith in God, in knowing that God always fights for you and always opens doors for you. And the good things that he has for you, what the devil has stolen from you to keep in his secure place, God has opened the doors. You will get inside in the right way, get those treasures that are hidden because God has the best for you. Be blessed. Reclaiming our stolen riches, Isaiah 45, verse 1 to 7. It says, Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him and loose the armor of kings, to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret that you may know that I am God who called you by name and the God of Israel. For Jacob my servant's sake and Israel my elect, I have even called you by your name. I have named you Though you don't know me, I am the Lord and there is no other. There is no God besides me. I will grind you uh, though you have not known me. That they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord and there is still no other. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace. Uh, I think that one we have read in the church. If you read the verse here, is that this is the Lord, he's speaking, maybe just a background of what is happening here. Israel has been crying to God and is in, in exile in the land of Babylon. They are under uh, duress. Life ain't good for them. And they've been praying to God, seeking his guidance. And God now is answering, he's sending a man who doesn't even know God by the name of Cyrus. Now he says to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held. God had chose Cyrus that he was going to use him as his person. What I like about this is to note that God can use anybody. If you read history of the Bible, Cyrus was not even a Jew. He was not even a person who feared God, but God decided to use him. Now, what are we saying today? God can use anyone to fulfill his purpose. Now, but we are in a prayer session. Our focus is maybe our desire. It is true we worship God, but I know there are some things we are praying for. So God can use anyone to bring an answer to your prayer request. 
He can use a Christian. I know most of the time we expect maybe uh, pastors or brothers or, or any brother that we fellowship with in church to come and assist us. But God can use a heathen to come and, and help you. God sometimes uses people that we don't even think can actually help us, but he does use that because he's God. We just sang a song that said God can do anything. God chooses people as he wants, and he uses them for whatever purpose. Samuel 16 verse 6, we read about uh, uh, the, the, the appointment of David as a king of uh, of Israel. He was just a head boy. If you read that, the Bible says, 1 Samuel 16, verse 16, So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab, who said, Surely the Lord anointed, the anointed is before him. Eliab was one of the sons of Jesse as they came to be anointed. His father and even Samuel himself thought, This is the one God is going to anoint. Yet it was not. God decided to choose the young man. But that was my intro introduction. But I want to come now to the things that God is saying. He is send sending Cyrus to the land or to Babylon, a city. We learn that in Babylon, this was a city they would fight King Nebuchadnezzar and the other kings that reigned during the time Israel was in exile. They would fight their other kings and conquer and take the riches, and these riches will be theirs. Now, they will use them to build their idols. They will use them to build their beautiful uh, palaces. If you remember very well how Nebuchadnezzar was humbled, he actually looked at the Babylon and said, how good is this Babylon? And then God struck him and he was uh, humiliated. So it was a very, very good place, very, very nice place, where made with expensive things, Gold. If you read into the history, you understand that they would build uh, even a table with pure gold and all those utensils and chairs and even those big sculptures, uh, idols that they worship, they were made of pure, pure gold. This was a rich city. So God is saying now to, to, to Cyrus, he's going to be with him. If you read uh, history, they say that Israel, uh, Babylon had walls. I think the, the, the kings, each king would make a wall. I think there were three walls. Quite a lot is said. But I just, I know you might have researched and found it in another way. But let me take this version. This version says the walls of Babylon were so thick about uh, uh, were so thick about nine meters. If you're talking about meter, nine meters, maybe this. And then you are also talking about the height of 45 meters, which is very, very high. It was very much protected. And then when you go to the gates, there were a number of gates, but these gates were made of bronze and iron. They were very, very good. Uh, strong, let me say, use that. If you go to the internet, they have re, the, the, the archaeologists have rebuilt those gates. Uh, they were so big and so beautiful. One of them, actually, a lady was just standing. It's so high. You can see that this was a very, very, very high wall when you compare to a person. So it was tight security in Babylon. And then with the walls that are tight, there is a bronze gate with iron bars. So no one can enter into this Babylon where there are riches. No one can get into that place. So God says, I'm sending you Cyrus now to go in that place, but I will go before you. 
I will loosen the armor of the kings. There were kings that they were there, that we were ruling. God would remove whatever they had, their powers, their ownership or whatever they do. God was going to remove that. And then he says now, I will go, that's verse 1, to open with him the double door so that the gates will not be shut. God was going to open and no one will shut. This is the part that I want to focus. It is in verse 2. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. Now, this protected area with the riches inside God says, I will open those gates. I will break, actually, the gates of Babylon. Break. When you break, you shatter it. It's useless. It cannot be used. God is going to open those gates. And break the, 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 the iron, iron uh, bars. When you talk about iron bars, my imagination is something that acts like a padlock. A big padlock that they would use to shut, to make sure no one comes in. God breaks that. Now, when God breaks that, you are able to get inside and get the good riches. He says, I will give you the treasures of darkness. So there are treasures that are there. These are treasures of darkness. Some, they are hidden on the ground. These are treasures that are available for the one who's going to break the gate, who's going to enter into the, into the city. Now, in your life, there, is this, there are these treasures that are there. Treasures that you have stored for you. These are treasures that you will receive. They have been kept. The enemy, who is the devil, has taken those treasures. Just like the kings, they will fight those kings and conquer them and take the treasures into Babylon. The devil has stolen a lot of things from us. The devil has stolen joy from us. We are so much hurting. We are so much feeling down because the enemy has taken joy from us. The enemy has taken uh, uh, the, the, the happiness if I talk of joy, it's the happiness. Just to know that you are loved. He has removed love amongst us. Now we hate each, 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 each other. We fight. We always see people as an opportunity to get what we want. Just like he's giving us an example, uh, his, his testimony. God protected him. But those were people, they have lost love. We have lost love amongst us as human beings. The enemy has taken that. Those are things that are, that are untouchable, let me use that term. But there are things that we have lost, literally things that are ours. Marcus talk, talked about jobs. You might have lost even your job. You might have lost even those opportunities at school. You might have lost things you have been praying for. They have been taken away from you. You feel you are so alone. Maybe even your marriage has been taken away from you. Or even your, 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 your person you love, you are planning maybe to get, to, to get married, she, she or he has been taken away from you. The enemy has taken all those things and put it in the secured place where he thinks it is safe. But God is saying today, I will go before you and I will break in pieces the gates and I will break the bronze, the iron bars. 
to open so you can get inside and get those riches. Because there are those things that God has given to us. But the enemy has taken them. Mother here read a word from the book of Daniel. It was one of the things that is very important to understand. I heard a quote just around there. That after he had prayed, the enemy held whatever he was praying for. For a number of days. To those who go for night vigils, who had been into night vigils in the rural areas where they don't use this these tents that are pitched like that, but the ones, the traditional ones, you see the ones where they put logs and then the tents, you see that. So normally when you are in that night vigil and it rains, so the water, because it's flat, doesn't go maybe to the side, but it gets stuck somewhere. And then you can see something bulging, swelling, swelling on top of you. It's like that. That's the image that I have of the blessings that have been held by the enemy. Just like that uh, tent that is full of water. It is raining outside. You are not receiving. You can hear the rain. You can see. That's what God has for you. You have prayed. You have well, you went to school. You've done everything. You have prayed for your marriage. You have prayed for the job. You have prayed for your health. You have prayed for, your for whatever you have prayed for. God has answered it, but that tent is full. Let us take this time and pray to God that just like a person who is cutting with a sharp knife on that heavy, full, full uh, of water, a swollen ditch, just cutting like that, it will come on you and flows on you. Let's pray that God does that. So today we're just praying for his razor, sharp razor, just to go like and do it. And and we receive what God has for us. If you read the Bible in the book of Isaiah 54, I'll just quote that one because if God opens, like he has said to Isaiah in chapter 54, he says, a perpetual covenant of peace. He says, sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with your child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Let me explain here what God is saying. What this means is, you are a person who has been desolate. In other words, you have lost everything. You have been rejected. If I will talk in the language of people who are working, you, are work, you, you have completed a school and you are desolate. You are not getting a job. Things are static for you. Everything is on hold for you. God says, because you have prayed, if you read the whole chapter, he was talking, if you read verse uh, 17, he says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. These are people who worship God. The servants of the Lord. But back to the story. He says now, in that if we are the servant of the Lord, and you have, you have been barren. In other words, what you had is actually not multiplying. Your education is not working for you. Your, your, your love is not working. Your marriage is in shambles. Your health is not working. God says, sing, O barren. How do I sing now? I haven't received what I need, Lord. But God says, sing in faith. Sing and be happy. You who is barren. 
What does this mean? He says, be happy. Why? Because you are going to have children or your blessings are going to be more than the one who has been married. Here he's using an example like someone who has been married. In other words, that person has been having children or expected to have children. Maybe let's say they have three, like I have three. But you who is barren, you don't even have the kids. You are going to have more. So that's why God says sing for joy. Because what you have been praying for or what God is going to give you is going to be more than what they have. I remember one time when I had just completed university, one lady said, we're with her at varsity. She said to me, are you working? I said, no, I'm not. I said, ah, you guys, you are still not working. I didn't know she was not even a Christian. She was talking faith that the people that are delaying when they get their blessings, they, they overtake us. So you might be going through this hard life and you have been praying, but you feel like it's not coming. When God answers, actually he's saying tonight, shout for joy, you barren, for you will receive more. Amen. Don't cry. Don't cry. Give glory to our Lord. Shout. If you're saying, sing for joy, O barren. You have to sing and praise God that God has heard my prayer. Amen. He even says that if you read uh, Isaiah 51 verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your course. In other words, you are still going to receive more. So enlarge your territory. So that's God is saying to us today that he is going to tear that the, the tent that is closing out, even only if we pray tonight. I'm here to pray for the sharp razor just to cut. I want to be wet of his blessings. I want to be wet of his good. I want to see and taste that the Lord is good. Basalwane, I'll exhort you to pray. We don't pray because we have received but we receive in faith and God hears us. One of the things that gives me trouble when I pray, I fail to pray. I don't know, maybe I need to a sermon that will help me for that. Maybe somebody preach for me. But whenever I'm asking something like, God, can you please give me this keyboard? I pray, pray. But what comes at the back of my mind is there is a God who knows the best for me. After I've requested this Yamaha XS90, I say to God, above all, may your will be done. Because maybe he has a nod for me. But I'm looking at this one. So I might be praying for this drum, which is a paste, but God has a Yamaha for me. So you might be, that's why I normally say, let your will be done, but let everything be according to your will. Because the challenge is, when it does not happen the way you want it, and God wants to do it his way, you blame God that he is not faithful. Yet God is still faithful. It's only that he says, Ah, Usenzo, kakulu. I have the best for you. Because God has a wonderful plan for each and every one of us. Please, let's not make that mistake and think. Because that's what the enemy is doing. He deceives us such that we think that God is not caring about us. 
But this God that we serve, he cares about us. Amen. Now, God says, when I get in there and open the gates, I just want to quote something on the opening of the gates. You see, when you enter through the gates, as we came in here, we used the, the gate to come inside. That is the acceptable of getting into a house. And it's, if you can, climb, you can climb the wall, you, can, you, have, you could have climbed the wall to get inside, but that's not acceptable. So God says you will enter through the gate when I've shattered the, 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 the bars and everything, and then you walk in. In other words, whatever you've been praying for, what is hidden for you, you will receive it exactly as it is and in the right way. If you are searching for a job, you won't get inside through back doors or through connections, but God will bring you inside through a straight method. Whatever you are praying for, God will give it to you the right way. Because he is a God who is so faithful. So don't, don't, don't be terrified or worried when you see people who work on connections and think you also have to do and work on connections. No, don't worry. You are a Christian. God will give you a straight way. And when you receive that straight way, you will praise him. So let's give also God the praise for he is our God who will answer us as we desire. Amen. Verse 3, it talks about, I will give you the treasures of the darkness. But I want the, the, the verse where God declares that he is God. He's saying all this because he is God who is above everything. Verse 5, I am the Lord and there is no other. There is no God besides me. There is no God besides God. I think I've said this. Was this the devotion or here? That we have micro thought God. Maybe because, before, because of the way he has been presented in our churches, in the Sunday school, by our preachers, such that we think God is one of the big prophets or one of the archbishops of a church or a pastor or a chairman or whatever. God is not man. God is not man. I mean, he's not a boy. He, he, he is not even the devil. He, God, I just hear sometimes we pray and we make kind of like a comparison between God and devil. The devil has been so much amplified. He's just a, a fallen angel who cannot be compared to God. We have a God who is mighty. Very mighty if there is something like that. Who is able to open a door right here and a proper door. Because he's God. That's what he's saying to us today. I know we, have, we are going through a lot here. Everybody has his own task or whatever he's fighting for, whatever he's praying for. And some of it you have prayed and you are getting into a point of losing your, your, your trust in God. Tonight I'm encouraging you and letting you know that God is saying, I will open the doors for he is God. Amen. As we close the sermon, know this, God wants to open doors for you. God wants to open doors for you as his servant and he wants you to enter the right way. So don't make connections. Please, just pray to God. He will do it the right way at the right time. 
Amen. Allow God to open the gates and allow his will in your life. We are going to pray now. There are many things we are praying for. I want you to take this time now to come to God. There is that thing that you are praying for. We are going now. That thing that you are praying for, it is hidden in Babylon. And you want God to break those gates, those bronze gates. Those are strong gates. You want God to break those gates and to break those bars so you walk inside and you receive what he has for you. Well, that's all we had for you. I believe the message of the Lord or the message from the Lord has touched your heart. Now you know that the God we serve is not just a human being. He's not just a boy. He's not just an item somewhere or he's not just a little, little boy. But our God is a mighty God who is able to open, uh, 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 shatter uh, bronze gates and break Iron, uh, iron bars that we walk into the blessings and we receive them. Earlier in verse 1, God has, uh, had indicated that he was going to remove the kings. If you recall the story of Daniel, God will remove all those princes that are holding your answers for him, from God, from him as God, such that you are blessed. I want to pray for you and that God gives you courage and hold on to him. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you that you are a God who is alive life. You are a God who is so strong and a God who can open closed doors. I pray for anyone listening to this that God you open the closed doors in his life. The blessings that you have for the persons and everything that you have for him may he receive them. Remove God the princes and all that closes the way to success and what is holding back God the blessings you have for us. We ask this by faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Before we close, I want to also to give you an opportunity to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, it is very important that you commit. We can pray, sing together, do everything, but if you don't have the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ where you made a confession that God, you are Lord and be God in my life, your life is not reconciled with God. All the things we are talking about, you don't qualify for because you are not a Christian or you are not a believer. So we have to, you have to be a believer, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only for what we have just uh, talked about, but we are also talking about the life eternal and ascological, uh, looking from life from a perspective of eternity. What, where will you spend your eternity? It is always good to have a assured eternity in God and the good life that he promises whilst on earth and beyond because our God is big and he is eternal. Let us pray. If you want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, say this prayer after me. Father God, I come before you. I believe that you are the creator of the universe and that you sent your son Jesus Christ to come on earth to die for me. I accept him as, a Lord, as my Lord and Savior. And I believe that he died and rose again. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for saving me. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Reign in me, change my life, and make it what you want it to be. Thank you, Lord, for this. 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer through faith, you have been saved. There is no certificate I'm going to issue. There is nothing, nothing that I'm going to give you. It is all in you through faith. Believe God has had you and he's in your heart and he's working in you. And the Holy Spirit has also been embedded in your salvation. He's the one who will guide you. He's the one who will tell you this is wrong and will help you in your Christian walk. Obey the Holy Spirit. Now you have to read the word, meditate on the word, and make it a habit also to pray to God each and every day. Join a church where they preach Christ as Lord and be a member. Commit to the service of the Lord. Thank you for listening. May the Lord richly bless you. Let's meet next time, God willing, and goodbye.